Hi, I'm Amanda and welcome to Self. On this podcast, I share ideas, experiences and have conversations to explore the self with the aim of helping people live happy and healthier lives. Today joining me is my beautiful friend, Maria Antonia. Hi. <laughs> Hello. You are joining us from Colombia. Yes. yes, I'm in Bogota. Wonderful. And today we are going to be talking about all things love since it's Valentine's week. <laughs> yes. Valentine's. Marianto. Oh, yeah. You go by many nicknames. So I'm going to end up calling you so many different things um, during this chat. So we're just here to talk about love. I think you and I, we've had many conversations <laughs> about. I just giggle because it's just so much. <laughs> about love. But also love is so much more than just relationships, right? Yeah, yeah. Like when, when I asked you to sit down with me about for this call and on this topic, it was really just to celebrate influential loves in our lives. And that doesn't have to be romantic. So I'm curious about some of your most influential loves. Well, I think I've been lucky in all love aspects of my life, except relationships. <laughs> if I really think about it, honestly, like that's the one thing I'm kind of like, not there yet. But no, I mean, I had good loving boyfriends as well, um, but not in my recent history. And um, I think I've just, and I talk about this with my therapist a lot. Um, we're going to talk about therapy stuff a lot, I'm sure, in this call, because we usually do. Um, when you start talking about, you know, therapy, like your attachment styles, like when you were a child and all this stuff. So I discuss it with her because I know I'm really anxious when it comes to relationship. Mm. But then she's like, but you had a really loving like healthy love upbringing. The thing that mm. happened to me was when I was 19, my brother passed away and it was in a way I was kind of reborn in the relationship with my parents changed completely yeah. at that moment. So I would say like things that developed for me are more of like that second birth, you know, than, than that first one. But, um, I've had such good, like love people love me around me. Like my whole life, I've never really felt unloved to be honest and when it comes to relationship love I always had my grandparents and my parents as like an example um mm. kind of teaching you that there is no rules for a relationship as long as the rules are clear between those two people in it or three if you yeah. want it to be more you know like whatever it is as long as people involved in that relationship are aware of it of the rules anything kind of goes as long as it works for them because it's their relationship it's not not for anyone else but um yeah, my grandparents have been married for 65 or maybe 66 years now. Um, and my, my parents have been married for 38. Um, and I'm, I'm talk blabbing away, obviously. But then I also think of like how we are used to measuring success in love yeah. by duration. Um, yeah. a that's one thing that's like 100% like, wow, that, that you know, how, how long were you dating for? And it's like, well, it doesn't really matter if it was 20 years, but you're miserable for 18. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's not good. Mm. Um, but to me, it's still kind of like impressive. Like 65 years with someone is insane. A long like, time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's twice our life. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I've had that. And then with friendships all over the world, I think, I mean, you're a testament to it that I have 
like one of my, I would say skills or just like qualities is being able to stay in touch with people for years. Yeah, like 100%. I have friends, I have like a really good friend of mine and he's also like my doctor. Um, he's he studied medicine. I, yeah, I know about him. Yeah. I was 13 when I met him and he was 17. I think I've seen him in person that time we met maybe two or three other times that like for a day or two days maximum. Hmm. Um, and I mean, we've been friends for like 20 something years, you know what I mean? And he knows all my medical history about everything. And, <laughs> you know, like we talk about family and relationships and everything. So, um, yeah, I think I'm just like love wise. I have so many friends and so much family everywhere that I'm, I'm really lucky in that way. Yeah. And we, um, some context and background on our relationship, because this is also one of my favorite and most loving friendships and relationships in my life is the one that you and I share. And we met three and a half years ago in Bali. And this is the most beautiful love story that has come out of for both of us, I think. Um, Obviously some gossip there that we don't need to go down, but yeah, the, the best love story that has come out of Bali is me and you. And we clicked straight away, right? When we met. Yeah. And we bonded and connected so deeply, I think, because both of us were and still are very willing to be open and vulnerable and we're not afraid to just be ourselves and show up as we are and go, all right, well, this is who I am. If you want to accept me, accept me. And and because both of us did that, there was just this very deep, instant connection um, that has been incredible. Yeah. And that I think... What that's what that has shown me is it doesn't matter how old you are, like you're never too old to make to form new friendships that are like life friends. Because like we, well, I left Bali in November of 2019, and then all of COVID and stuff happened, and we didn't see each other again until when June. were you back in Bali? June, June 2022. 2022. Yeah. And that whole time we're like, when are we going to see each other again? When are we going to see each other again? And we spoke all the time and, you know, you were such a, you played an incredibly important role in my life in being a very loving and supportive friend through all the shit that I was going through. And you were there, you know, and we've been there for each other. Yeah, I mean, I think we both had like really hard years in those, in that three year gap. Like it was, it was like, when was the one was up, one was down, and then we kind of like shifted in this thing yeah. of like, but really understanding like how down it was, how deep it yeah. went. But yeah, the, I what I learned from that, and what I've learned from our friendship is, yeah, it's it, you're never too old to form these deep connections with people, and you just have to keep staying open to developing them and to exploring that with people. And I think when we talk about great influential loves for me it's like most of it has been non-relationship like obviously relationships play this really important role but you were talking about your parents and your grandparents with your parents the the thing that's so interesting is this change you know when we talk about attachment styles that's usually for people in early childhood that affects them quite significantly but you were saying that it happened after you were 19. But what was, I guess, like before 19, 
it sounds like you had an awesome relationship with your parents and they were very loving and nurturing. Yeah, well, I mean, if I'm really honest, I have very little emotional memory of anything before I was 19. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've tried doing meditations and thinking and it's just like I really do not remember a moment where I felt anger or sadness or pretty much like any emotional like memory um, before that moment because it was just such a like a traumatic yeah, thing yeah. for me, right? Um, but like growing up and like seeing and talking to my parents, talking to my family about how my parents were, you know, like just trying to understand all these things. Um, like, and I see it now, like my dad and like our relationship is complex as always. And also with my mom and he's not an easy, positive person all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. but as a child, I really don't think like, I really don't remember anything particular being like, Oh my God, this like scarred me or like didn't give me the attention I wanted. Like I never felt as a kid that I had to be the best at anything to be accepted. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Which is I, quite opposite to my exactly. experience, right? I think it's funny because when we talk about you and I about our growing up, it's like we're so similar now, but our yeah. childhoods were so different. Our relationship with our parents were so different, you know? Um, so it's just really interesting. I think um, we all have a soul and it's up to us to kind of like, get through there like you can you can you know like you just find that way and and stuff will d- like mark you and shape you but doesn't define you in a way I think that's mm. what I think about when I see like us sharing so much in how we feel and see um mm. and having such different backgrounds um but, but yeah. so you don't you don't have these significant negative uh, like I guess let's just call them mm-hmm. negative memories are there any very significant positive memories where you just felt an enormous amount of love or was yeah were, were there any mm-hmm. core memories like that that really yeah. stand out for you um I think for me as a kid Christmas was a big one like Christmas yeah. was a, and even and now it's like it's still a big one you love, it, you love Christmas <laughs> I love it and I suffer through it so much as a grown-up it's a really hard season now like obviously with yeah happening and stuff but I still like even with the chaos and the craziness, we still get to like this Christmas we got together. It was 12 people in my house, in one house sleeping because there were like 10 in the other house. You know, like it's, it's a lot of us. Um, but growing up, I remember like that, that Christmas, like memories of the 24th, which is if you're Latin, you know, the 24th is like the big Christmas it's day. Christmas. Yeah. Um, we would have lunch with my dad's side of the family and this big lunch. And it was like already over 45 family members. I knew like 10 of them, but they're all my cousins or families. So you just like, it was this really nice environment. Everyone is like, they're all that family is like singers. So we'd, you know, they bring out the guitars and we'd have like singing and really good food and just this like really lovely moment of sharing. Um, And then at night it was my mom's side of the family that would get together. And my aunt, she's an actress uh, and she would make us do a play. So we'd make up musicals and we'd do like dances. And this wasn't even like, we were still older and we would still do these like ridiculous plays. We'd have like the youngest cousin always like popping out like they were the baby and they just like roll out if they're big enough. And it was just a lot of fun really. Um, mm. So I think like those like Christmas always being together is a big one. And my first Christmas away from home was in 2018, no, 2017. And um, I was dating someone and we broke up like the day before Christmas. And it was the worst Christmas of my life because. I was my first time away from home and it was such an important date for me. And then I was just completely like heartbroken kind of. 
And I remember my dad calling me every like two hours, just like, did you have any food today? Use the credit card, mm. you know, go get yourself some ice cream. Like he was so on it. Um, so that was an interesting. And after that, I was like, I'm not spending. Now I'm like, yeah. I spend Christmas, but now I'm like, I'm not spending any Christmas away from my big family if I can, especially my yeah. grandparents, just because it's such a special, like unique time of the year for everyone to get together. I think I just need to be more prepared every Christmas now of like taking time off. Because every year, <laughs> you message me <laughs> every Christmas. I'm going crazy. <laughs> Why do yes. I do this? I do and this. I'm like, you love it. You yeah. do love it. You want to be I, there. Yeah. I think, you know, like moments that I really love and I cherish and I like even now or when I was younger is... um getting together after dinner and playing cards. Like my family yeah. just likes playing cards and it's just a bunch of us and everyone's just talking. It's like this moment of sharing. Like that's, those are the moments that like, I really, really um, appreciate a lot. And I like try to like really enjoy them every time yeah. more. Cause you know, they're, they're more like, they're going to happen less and less. Um, but yeah, I think that Christmas is a great time. And then um, I was, I started competing kind of like paddling when I was around 14 and I wasn't mm-hmm. a competitive athlete by then. It was just kind of getting it done. Um, but our, so it's a three day race that we would do. And it was like, families were very involved as well. Cause they have to help you carry the boat and get a escort guest escort, like boat. Cause we had like these like wooden canoes. Um, and looking back, like the first time I did the lake, it was a 21 mile race, um, or like practice session. It took us like five hours to finish it. And those five hours, my dad was on this boat going like three miles an hour. And like, if that's not love and really supporting your child, I don't know what is, you know? And and he did that when I was like last in place or then when I was winning a few years later. Um, So yeah, and then growing up, my mom was always at home until I was like seven or eight. And so she was just really present. And and, um, I didn't feel any pressure to, to be the best at anything, you know? Like I... I was good. I was never a bad student. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, I had a pretty nice upbringing, I would say. So different. <laughs> <laughs> so different. I had a bit of the opposite. It's not that my parents didn't love me, you know? Yeah. It's just expressed differently. And I, and that's the thing is the way that we understand and receive love versus how someone expresses it and in the very classic Asian parent form my parents expressed love through making me study all the time no it's through (laughs) like obviously it's through the provision of stuff right like the way that typically immigrant parents love and provide for their children is through safety and security it's like I'm working my ass off so that you have a roof over your head so that you have access to a good education and that's all that matters. It's like I'm setting you up for your future. Yeah. And I think for me, it's not that I didn't appreciate those things and I could understand that that's how they were loving me, but I think I needed um, what I needed was to not feel that pressure to perform or to like be the best. And so I remember growing up thinking that the love was conditional. And I'm not saying that it was, and I don't think it was at all. And after now speaking to my parents as an adult, they're like, of course it wasn't. You didn't have to, but that's not what was communicated to me. 
So my great aunt, who is my grandma's sister, I'm going to get emotional talking about <laughs> it because I, I love her so much. She is the first person who I ever felt unconditional love from. And when we moved from Melbourne to Perth, I was so heartbroken. I was like, I don't want to leave her. Is she coming? She wasn't coming. She was staying mm-hmm. in Melbourne. So apparently my mum says that when I was a kid, because she looked after me heaps, when my parents would come and pick me up, I, I was like, I don't want to go home with them. I want to stay here. <laughs> I would like point at my parents. I'm like, I don't want to go with them. I don't want to go with them. So like I've just loved her so much and all of my favourite memories pre-six are only with her. Um I remember like waking up at her house and she would make me Milo and record (laughs) Sailor Moon while I was in the bath and I would take Barbie into the bath with me and I'd come out and she's like, okay, you can watch Sailor Moon now and have your Milo. And it was just, just that brings me so much joy thinking about it. It was like such a positive memory. And um, when I moved to Perth, she would send me for my birthday every year a new Barbie doll. I was like obsessed with Barbies. <laughs> and she would send me, you know, the fancy ones with like like Swan Princess Barbie. Mm-hmm. And with I remember one Barbie had a dress that like changed. If you yeah, yeah. pulled it in one it direction, on. it was, yeah, yeah. It was like one dress and then you pull it in the other. Oh, I was like, I loved Barbie so much. She would send me new dolls. She would write me cards and I kept all of her cards. I still have them today because they were so special to me and she'd call me up and I think with her she was the only person particularly like an an older figure in my life where I felt I didn't have to be anything or anyone else except for myself and that feeling of like you are unconditionally loved and accepted as you are um was was just like what I would cling on to and you know I was saying this to a friend yesterday I don't know if you did this as a kid this is so this is why we really messed up I would lay in bed I think I was like eight or nine years old and I and this actually happened for years it's oh not like that was the only time I was and yeah. I would think about her dying and I'd just start crying I think did you do that things. I think it's normal I don't know if I did because again I don't remember many things, but like now, even now, it's like it's like these moments where you're like, okay, but yeah, I think I'm pretty sure people do that. Kids do that. Okay, thanks, thanks for the <laughs> validation of weirdness. No, but I, I like I would do that. I would lay there and I and I just couldn't imagine life without her. Um and yeah, she she's just such a beautiful person now she's got dementia and she's in a home and it's like it's so sad because our relationship has changed significantly but I think that having just her like this one person I was like that's love like that was my truest example of love and and is still what I hang on to is like that's what love is for me is you can be you completely and and I think that should be the case regardless of whether it's friendship, love, romantic love, parental love, whatever. It's like I accept you and love you and as you are. Yeah, exactly. I was, I don't know if I told you, I was talking to a friend here and I was like, 
talking about relationships now, like I forgot what it feels like to be in love. Like I, I was like, man, I don't remember what it, and then I was like, so what does it really mean to, be, to what does it feel to be in love? Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, for me, it feels like safety and it safety in the sense that I like, no matter what that person is going to be there. You know what I mean? Like that's, and that's what family is to me. Like I was in my, with my parents, um, I, I messaged you on that trip as well in April, like remind me, please remind me how insane <laughs> it is to do these kind of like two weeks, my parents traveling. Oh my God. Because we had this, like, it was like, I was incredibly hungry, which, you know, is a bad idea. My dad was incredibly hungry, yeah. which is not a bad idea. My mom that day, she was like, it's like, you know, there's, there's two going crazy. One of them has to like calm down. She was just kind of like walk around, <laughs> but she was still like, oh my God, it's so annoying. And I remember that night, like we ended up, it was like this tiny little town in Portugal. We couldn't find food. We couldn't find like anything to buy. And we were just hungry. And then we cooked dinner. And I remember telling my mom, like, man, this is definitely family because if anyone treated me the way I was treated, or if I treated anyone the way I treated you guys today, and I walked away, I would completely understand why they walked. Like it was, I was like, it was not a nice, we were not in our best, like none of Mm. us. Right. Um, but then it's like, well, that's what family is. Right. You know, like that, that to me is that's what real unconditional love is because you understand it's a moment, you know, understand it's not, but they're like this all the time. Yeah. And you're yeah. okay with accepting this like moment of like down, being down or upset because you know, it's just a thing that will pass. Um, which is because we're human and we yeah. have these moments where, yeah, we're quite overwhelmed by <laughs> emotional hunger <laughs> <laughs> and we don't show up as our best selves. And it's like, when you're a bit of a shithead, can I still accept you? Exactly. Yeah. And it's not like you're going to get a free pass to be a shithead all the time, which can happen sometimes. <laughs> um, it's more of, and that's kind of like the, the person receiving the shit is the one that has to be like, okay, boundaries and being able to mm. identify how mm-hmm. much is it, how much am I okay with? And to what point, like one thing that I do not tolerate is I don't care what the reason is. You're not going to yeah. yell at me and bad, say bad words to me. Like that's to me because my parents have never screamed. I think once in their lifetime, I heard them screaming and they weren't saying bad words. And I remember thinking, oh my God, they're going to divorce. <laughs> you know, like at this one oh. moment when I was 15. Um, but it's like, for me, screaming is something that it's not, it's not mm. something I tolerate and I take. And that's something I know. And I remember once with um, a guy I was dating or my boyfriend, he said the word, like we we're arguing and he said the word shit in the argument. Like, I don't give a shit, blah, 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 like whatever. And then I, I stopped and I was like, or the argument was over. I was like, don't ever use that kind of language with me when we're talking. Like, that's one thing that I will not take. You know, it's like one of these things where Whoa. you kind of have to have those, those boundaries. To me, it's like a big one, you know? Um, and, and I think, yeah, that, that one I can do and have clear, but there's many others that I don't. And I'll take shit, take shit, take shit. And then you're like, okay, no. So I think it's important yeah. to have that balance between accepting someone unconditionally, but then also yeah. understanding like, one thing is a moment and then one thing is a pattern and when we accept yes. patterns. Yes. Um, yeah. That's when we're kind of like breaking that boundary and that like protection of ourselves and our self love, which is also super yeah. important, obviously. Um, so I think that's the thing, defining moments against patterns. Yes. I was going to go there and I love that because that's the biggest thing you, we can have you know, compassion and understanding and give people some grace for these moments. But it's when it's repeated, ongoing, you are continually crossing my boundaries that I've set. 
it's so interesting for me to hear you be able to set that boundary so firmly. That took me, I don't know, <laughs> most of my life to be able to figure out that I really don't like being yelled at, you know, because again, it's what's modeled to you. You never exactly. saw your parents speaking to each other that way, whereas I did. So for me, it was just like, oh, this is normal to yell and scream and cuss and fight and and all of that, even, even though my nervous system didn't like it. And yeah. straight away, whenever now I hear people start raising their voice, like my nervous system goes into fight or fight mode and I'm like, all right, what needs to be done? And then I start, well, you know, I start nervous cleaning (laughs) anytime I'm in conflict. Um, Yeah, but that's, I love hearing that, obviously. We love talking about boundaries. Uh, I mean, and it's also like knowing, like I I can identify that one that I have very clear, but then I also identified some that like, oh, wait, I've accepted this from someone I love my whole life and it's not something I want. I think I told you recently, I had this kind of like moment with my mom um mm. and it wasn't an argument it was just I was really hurt by something that happened and I expressed it to her and she was crying I mean making your mother cry is like to me it's like the second time I've ever done it once I was 10 and then this one's the second one and I felt awful but it was also because for me it was realizing her being the most loving figure I have in my life mm. saying something like she would say she says things all the time like I'll be there at this time and then not making it or I'm going to make it to this and then not making it translated into me accepting from people that I love telling me one thing and acting differently and then just acting like that's okay and that yeah. like if I'm gonna be specific it's like someone telling you hey I don't want a relationship but then acting differently and telling you things that aren't and like these mixed signals then you just you take it and you're like okay but you know but they really do mean this because they you know like it's like this thing and to me it was like this moment of like no more you know like you have to be, I don't have to say in English, consequente. Like when you say something, like that's what you do. You stick to it. Yeah. Um, Following through with yeah. your word. Why exactly. integrity behind your word? And that's, I guess when we talk about influential loves, it's both, it can influence you in many different ways. And in so many ways, the love that your parents have shown you have, like it's shaped you in an mm-hmm. awesome way. But at the same time, like you recognized, I remember that moment because we were talking and it's just like, oh my gosh, this is why I've accepted this type of behavior from men was because also like that was something that you had accepted your whole life um, mm-hmm. from your mom as well. Right? Yeah. And, and like when I, what I want her to understand is I know she doesn't do it because she doesn't love me. In the end, like she really wants to do that. She, it's just. And when she's like, this is just my person, this is how I am. And I was like, okay, but this is what I need. You know, like, it's just kind of like, again, like meeting that person. Um, and also like, I don't blame her. Like, it's not, you know what I mean? It's not her fault. She didn't do this to harm me in any way. Yeah, yeah. It's just, like you said, that's just the way she is. And I mean, she's in her sixties. Like, that's just the way she is. She's going to be late forever. Like that's being on time is not her thing. And keeping her word is just, it's hard for her. Um, it's me, more of me realizing how it affected me and then how I, I decide to not let it or accept it from her in certain ways. And that's it, you know, kind of like figuring out. And I think it's like a moment of being an adult and a conscious human of yeah. realizing these things and not being like, Oh mom, it's your fault. I don't have a boyfriend. You know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> blaming other people. Like it's your fault that I accept all this. No, it's, it's for some reason I took it in that way and it's my responsibility now to change it. 
Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and I think from there just communicate very clearly what your boundaries and what your needs are, which you did. You know, it's yeah. like, hey, if you're going to tell me you're going to show up, I need you to. You well, know, or you just tell just me. me know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is a very fair request. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, when you were saying about acting out and how, like, our family really do cop some of the worst versions of us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I mean, the, the argument I had with my mum last year when I was back in Perth, like, I have not raised my voice at someone like that in over 10 years, I reckon. And the things that came out of my mouth, I very much regret. I was very overwhelmed with emotion and and obviously like everything comes back, right? Yeah. And I was so triggered and, and it was just like being a little child again. It was all of whatever young yes. Amanda's feelings and pain coming out all at once. And I yep. unleashed it on her and, you know, but then we had a, a very healing conversation after that. Like it gave us an opportunity to have that. And for me then to really realize how much my mum does love me and value me. So there yeah. was something great that came from that. And I think, yeah, part of loving people is not only there's this like I feel loved in the same way you do, like when I feel safe to be myself, to be every version of myself, but that also you still want what's best for me. And, and you know, obviously when we love people, we want to see them shine and, and be whoever it is that they want to be and flourish in that. Um, but also recognising that, yeah, when people love me, that means sometimes I'm not going to show up <laughs> in the greatest way possible. And I think when people stick around through that and you can work through conflict and hard times like that builds on itself I think you kind of need that in yeah. you can't love, always right? be can't... you can't always be the sunshine no always always because we're never we're humans we have like a range of emotions you and I definitely yeah. <laughs> I, I mean I think everyone does some people just aren't everyone so does everyone they're just not really aware of it you know what I mean they're yeah or like, like willing to feel it or mm-hmm. And you and I are definitely feelers. We are so willing to sit there with all the emotions. Yes. <laughs> and a lot. Um, yeah, I think it was I interesting think um, what you said about feeling a, like a little Amanda again, um, and, like having those triggers. Because when I, this thing with my mom, it was the same thing. She, I called her and I was like, you know, it's four o'clock. You said you were here at, you're leaving at 3.30. We're leaving the airport now. You're not here. And her reaction of just going like this pause and going, oh like that to me was this like anger that just yeah you know it was that reaction of like feeling like a 10 year old girl didn't get picked up and someone's being like oh you poor girl like oh that's okay you know it just like that's when I lost it that's when I just hung up the phone and started crying I was like take me to the airport now to my dad you know and I think it was just this moment of like implosion yes. kind of um and it's a connection with and I think that's in a way it's healing because you realize when that 10 year old girl is the one that's hurt and is feeling all these mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And then being able to be like, Oh, look, I see you. I'm not the same. We're not going to take it anymore. Kind of thing. Yeah. My What's dog's that? here. Oh, talk about unconditional love. Um, I know. Yeah, actually. Cause 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, pet love, also a different kind of love. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Oh my God, this is like Martina's story is a love, relationship love story that became just insane. So Martina was found on the street when she was like a month old, maybe less. And um, I took her in the house and I was found her at home. I was like, I'll take her until I find her at home because I was in university. My other dog was already in my parents' house. So I knew I couldn't take another dog to my parents' house. Um, I was dating my boyfriend. We'd been together for almost four years by then. And, um, we, she was, I found her at home and he was like, no, look at her. She found her home. Like she can stay with us. Like, just look how cute she is. And then I was like, my mom will not let me have a dog. Like I cannot. And then he's like, I'll call your mother. He called my mom. He was like, no, she's gonna be my dog. Don't worry about it. Like I'm responsible for her, but you know, she's under my name. He was like, okay, but she's not coming to Panama, whatever happened. Um, and then I was graduating school. I had dated my boyfriend for four years since I was 20. So about like, yeah, my whole college life. And, um, he was older than me, like three and a half years. And we'd lived together for two years. He was moving to Peru. So I was going to move with him. Um, and my mom was like, just think about what you're doing. Cause you don't have a ring on your finger, but it's pretty much what you're doing. You know, like you're, you know, that's, that's it. And then I kind of freaked out, especially she was like, you didn't tell me that you're going to Peru to this like sightseeing kind of thing, this company. Yeah. The fact that you didn't tell me tells me something. So just think about it. And I was like, Oh my God, right. absolutely right. So instead I was like, I'm going to go to South Africa for three months. Um, and that was like my first time traveling by myself. My, my ex-boyfriend was lovely. He gave me this beautiful like lens for my safari outings. And he was like very supportive and he went to Peru with our dog. Um, and obviously I was 24. I was not able to say, Hey, I don't want to be with you right now. I need to be with myself. Yeah. So I just read South Africa. <laughs> Um, and I told them no news is good news. And for those three months, I was like, and I was like, I'm not going to regret anything that I do. Just so you know, like I'm going to go and live my life. Um, and obviously what I really should have done was being like, Hey, I don't want to be with you from now till I'm 30 and then hate you when I'm 30. Cause that's in, yeah, in the yeah. end, I was like, I'm going to hate you because I never lived my life by myself and I needed to live that. And it's not gonna be your fault. It's gonna be my fault. And I knew that. But you don't want to hurt the other person. And, you know, you know, when you're 24. Um, but also, so like, I, I, don't think, I don't think you were, like, fully aware and conscious of yeah. all of this going on for you. Like, it's exactly. so much easier in hindsight for us to look at that and go, oh, that's actually what I wanted. That's actually what I needed. I just didn't communicate it. But I would also say at the time you – yeah. It wasn't – yeah, that's not what you were seeing. You were just like, ah, go. Yeah. Um, so I got back. It was December. We broke up, obviously. Like it was kind of, he knew it was coming, you know. And mm-hmm. the day we break up, he's like, by the way, I'm getting transferred to Panama. And I was like, because Panama is like this big. Like you will yeah. bump into yeah. people in Panama no matter what you do, right? Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh my God. But I was like, let me keep Martina. I'll take her to my aunt's farm. We're going to be there for Christmas and stuff. I haven't seen her in three months. I really want to be with her. He's like, sure thing. And then I'm with her. And then I bring her back to the city. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to drop her off. And he's like, no, I'm not going to take her. I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean you're not going to take her? Like, I can't take her to Panama. I'm leaving in two days. Like, FYI, taking a dog to Panama is one of the most complicated things ever. It's like $500, 72-hour quarantine, like all these crazy things, like very expensive, very complicated. So I was like, you're getting transferred to Panama. Bring the dog to Panama. The company's going to pay for everything. 
I'll take care of the dog during weekends when you travel. Mm-hmm. Like this is what we talked about when we, when I told him when he wanted to adopt her, I was like, if we break up, what are we going to do? And his response was, we're grownups. We can do shared custody. And then I was like, we talked about it. And now you're saying no. And he was like, no, seeing her just reminds me of you so much. It hurts. I can't see her. And when I broke up with him, I still love this guy. Like I, he, even now, I think he's a wonderful human. Mm. Um, and I was just not ready to commit. Like I wanted to be on my own. Like this, this is, I met him after my brother died and he was a huge support for me, like emotionally mm. those four years. But I felt like I needed to be on my own two feet. I needed to see the world on my own and just feel that I could take it. You know, that was it. It wasn't, yeah. that I didn't care about him or love him. It was just that. But then when he did that with Martina, I was like, I just felt like the key went chook, chook, and I just like threw it like out, like the 60th, fourth building, whatever. Um, and it was never to be seen again. Cause to me, that was like, what if it was a kid, you know, like, Oh, sorry, I can't yeah. see our kids. This reminds me of you. Like, and I know dogs are not kids, but in that moment, and like, to me it was, so Martina has stayed in my aunt's farm here for the past 11 years, maybe. Mm. Um, so I basically, visit her I, I, come, I come to Bogota just to see her, basically. Yeah. I don't care about the city. I just come to see her. And they brought her down because at my surgery last week, I couldn't go up. It's a really rocky thing. And she's like, 11 years later, like I haven't seen her for a year and she still sees me. And it's like this crazy excitement. And like, she's by my side all day. And it's just really unconditional love, you know? And I'm know, like, I wish right. I could take her with me all the time, but I can't. Oh, yeah, I have never had a long pet like a long-term pet a long pet a long-term pet I just had the the bunnies that I had did I ever tell you the bunny story yeah I did no we had we got Nellie my sister got a bunny and then um I think the bunny had a heart attack in the storm like there was a storm I think bunnies die easily so sad anyway uh, and that was after, I can't remember how old that bunny was, maybe six months. And then we got a new one, Pebbles, who I just bonded so much with. And I think I do this weird thing where with humans, I like fully open my heart. I'm like, I love people so easily. And when it comes to pets, I like do the opposite. Like I don't want to grow too attached to you and yeah there's just this like fear fear of being abandoned by a pet essentially so we got pebbles who was the cutest netherlands dwarf bunny and i loved pebbles so much and um then i think pebbles was a boy i think we got confused i think we were told pebbles was a girl and it turned out pebbles was a boy so anyway he got an ear infection um and the night before Pebbles died, I like wrapped him in a blanket and just held him for seven hours so that because every time he hopped, he kept like spinning around. Oh, like he had vertigo. Flip like this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was so sad and horrible to watch. So I just held him for seven hours and the next day um Nellie took him to the vet and the vet was like, We have to put him down. And I got the phone call on my train ride home from work and I just bawled my eyes out the end the entire train ride and I was like no 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 get a second opinion and she's like it's already done and I was like oh, Nelly no. no I was like what oh my no God, you, didn't get, you didn't make it there 
Yeah, no, no, no. It was like, oh, oh we, we took Pebbles to the vet. The vet says that, like, what, like, oh, yeah, Pebbles has an ear infection, needs to be put down. And I was like, well, wait, wait, just go and get a second opinion. Like, I'll pay for it. Go to another vet. And she's like, oh, no, we already, like, we had to do it. So like, no. we gave him a funeral and buried him. But after that, I think I was just like, I'm closing my heart to pets. To pets. Yep. And that was nine years ago or something and was, now was it's you like the first death you had of something someone you loved or something on someone an animal or a person um not no because I've had oh and that reminds me of other great loves actually things are coming up for me now <laughs> this is interesting I don't know why I'm sm- no I'm thinking my great grandma so two people, two really significant people have died in my life. My great-grandma when I was six, and she was someone who I felt really loved by as well because she lived with my great-aunt. and She was so cool. I used to um, watch her do her stretches every morning, and I remember thinking she's so tall. That was something I thought all the time because she was, like, quite tall and slim, mm-hmm. uh, and she was so happy. And she would save food for me. You know, I love food. She's, <laughs> yeah, I have like really wonderful memories with her. And then my auntie, um, my mum's younger sister who passed away when I was nine. And she was someone who I felt um, unconditionally loved by as well. So that that really rocked me as well. And maybe, maybe that's why, yeah, I don't know, but maybe pebbles brought up some stuff and that, and and after that I was like no you can't just but but it's weird that I don't have that um you know that idea towards people like I'm still very open yeah. to loving people even though people ultimately make a conscious decision obviously outside of death like to yeah. To leave. to leave or not be a part of your life. Yeah, and I do, I definitely have, I mean, you know, you and I have just spoken about this. Like, you know I have a level of abandonment issues, but. Yeah, I think it's also pets need, there's no autonomy. Like, you need to be there for them as well. Yeah. You yeah. take them out. You have, like, you're like that person. You're the, you're the person. Um, yeah. I think uh, uh, my favorite book is The Little Prince and the mm. whole chapter of him when he meets the fox. Like I read that chapter and I ball every time, you know, cause it's, it's about friendship. It's about love. It's yeah. about, you know, um, I don't know how the word in English is when you're like train, basically it's like training. Like he trains the, the, the fox to wait for him, but that becomes his human. Like that becomes his friend. Um, and it's such a beautiful chapter. If anyone has the little prince, go read it. I think it's, you talk about this book all the time. You love this it's, book so it's, much. It's, I know that chapter especially is amazing. Um, and then what it teaches him is like, well, in the end, the whole, the very famous quote, you know, uh, lo, lo, beauty is invisible to the eye. Lo sensual es invisible. No, the ascent, I can't say it in English. I'm going to find the quote, okay, whatever. It comes from that chapter. He's, that's a secret that he tells them. And he realizes mm-hmm. that what makes his rose, he always has his rose, which is his loved one in, on his planet. He's always worried about her. What he, makes his rose so special is the time he spent with her. Mm. not the fact that she's rose because the little prince always thinks um the rose is unique in the world and you know she's very sassy and she's very like i am super strong and i can fend off tigers with my thorns and blah blah, blah. and then he comes to the earth 
And he's like, oh my God, there's like a garden of roses and they all look like her. Like my rose is just one in a million. What is this? And then he meets the fox. And then eventually the fox makes him realize like this rose is so special because of the time he spent with her because of that yeah. relationship they built, right? Um, so yeah, it's a great book about love, life, death, everything, childhood. Friendship. <laughs> yeah. Friendship, yeah. Um, but yeah, pets and humans love unconditional. Do you have a romantic past love that has been incredibly influential to you in a positive way? I think my first boyfriend was a very like Is that is that that's the twenty year old one? When you were twenty? Yeah, when I was twenty. Twenty twenty four. Um I we never had an argument. I think the only time we fought was one time he didn't make it home and he said he was gonna make it home and I was really worried because he was far up in like the farm. So it's like a really risky road take at night and he wouldn't pick up his phone and it just triggered me of like when someone is like he I was like he died, you know, like this is like complete like oh my god he's dead you because so extreme we're so the same in this because a hundred percent so it's just like this traumatic thing yeah. of like this can happen and it like i was like yeah. shake when he got home i was livid and he understood he he wasn't reactive he was like i'm so sorry you know like i'm sorry i should have called he got it yeah he got yeah. it you know it, it wasn't i think that was the only time we had like and i screamed and i screamed like i was like i really lost it but it was a fair reason like honestly um which just then, brought up a lot for you obviously yeah 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 it was it was crazy and um that was really the only time we fought I think um I mean see like if I would date him now I don't think so because I think we're very I'm a very different person than I was mm-hmm. then but it was a really loving relationship like I felt supported we like it was very balanced regarding like what we each put in the relationship. You know, it was just, it was nice. It was healthy. My parents loved him. I loved his parents. Like it was just good. Um, and then I think I like think about it. Like there's like that one. And then my other boyfriend, maybe a few years later that I was like, I'm going to get married. You know, like this is the one. Um, but then I ended up breaking that up just because I saw a lot of red flags that to me were very important that I knew Mm -hmm. would be a problem in the future. But with him, I also felt super supported, super loved. Like I knew he like, he believed in me a hundred percent. He made me feel like you can do anything. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that yeah. belief and like that someone has in you. And, and I think that's, that's what I haven't had in a very long time. And I think it's something that I obviously would love to experience, but also it's like, I learned the hard way. Cause I didn't have, it wasn't my boyfriend, but I did meet a lot of men in my recent five years past. Um, it kind of like made me lose that self-love and self-trust. So now that belief that my ex-boyfriend might have had in me, I realize how important it is for me to find it within myself. Yeah. And I guess a part of that is also part of maturing, I think, and getting older and learning exactly who you are. You know, we're like figuring out our place in the world a lot of the time and I think we're quite similar in that there have been times when we've allowed ourselves to be made smaller and we've diminished ourselves for because of another person, like someone we're in a relationship with. Um, and healthy love, whether that's friendship, parents, relationship, I think is like is the kind of love that is supportive in that way right, where you get to also 
be a fan and support yourself where it's like, I just want you to flourish how you want to. And like all the stuff that he saw in you, you now see in yourself. And I think like really great, healthy love helps you see things that are amazing about yourself. It's not just like, oh, I'm amazing because this person thinks I am. It's not coming from a place of external validation that makes us feel great. It's that it's almost like offering another lens in which we can see ourselves and then we love ourselves more. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think of that because like with my ex who has told me to call him DT (laughs) on here, um, I think that's of all my past relationships, like that's the one, that's the one relationship that I felt most secure, loved and safe in and where I like really felt unconditional love as well. And same thing, I think it's like feeling that unwavering support and that feeling of I've got you, you know, really allows you to discover things about yourself it's just that safety to go to places without having to prove anything without being anything it's just like you go be you which is a wonderful thing to have Mm. Mm. especially given the different relationships we've had um previously since we've met since we've met (laughs) yeah yeah since we've met yeah it's a great thing. I think even with relationships that haven't worked out, like obviously they're all learning opportunities, but I'm so deeply grateful for the great loves, like the, you know, I think for you as well, those two past relationships where you know what it's felt like to have a loving and supportive partner. Um, And then you know what it's like having really great loving parents. You've watched the relationship between your parents, the relationship between your grandparents, you felt that. And then as well in developing your relationship with yourself and knowing what you deserve, knowing how valuable you are and all the wonderful things about you. I think that sets us up to be in a position of going, I'm not going to accept um, anything else that doesn't meet this standard of love, right? Yeah. Although we do. From time to time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not, I recently haven't, but that's a good thing. No. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's it. It's just like more self-awareness and going, well, why have I in the past? And then what choices do I want to make now for myself? Yeah. That's pretty much it. It is. And yeah. Well, happy Valentine's, people. <laughs> happy, happy Valentine's Day. Okay. Well, is I mean. It, is, it, is Valentine's Day a big thing? Australia like is it a huge thing like it is in the states slash Panama I I don't think anything is as big as the way things are in the states in Oz I think people buy flowers and stuff I'm not a really I've never been someone who like celebrates Valentine's Day just because everything goes up in price for no reason and I'm not a fan of that Oz um yeah but I guess something I take from it is just an opportunity to think about and to reflect on what love is, what love means to me overall, you know. I think, but, um, I, have, but I do have a Valentine. <laughs> and good. he's awesome. So 
you know, long distance Valentine. <laughs> well, soon, soon enough, you can celebrate Valentine's any other day. Yeah, exactly. So um, soon, I think so soon. The only time I celebrated Valentine's, I remember it was like my boyfriend from high school, and we tried going to eat dinner at this. You know, I remember the Panama. I don't know. There's like a causeway. It's like a long road, with like connects mm-hmm. three islands. Yeah, the traffic was so insane we ended up turning around and eating like a domino's pizza standing up because it was just ridiculous and that was like the only valentine memory i have but then i remember in i lived in buenos aires for a year and over there the day that spring officially starts it's also friendship day mm. and um it's a, like I, I thought it was such a much better idea than valentine's because it's all about friendship and you still get flowers and everyone meets and it's like this really special thing and it's still celebrating yeah. love it's just not necessarily, you know, the heart with the red roses and stuff. Like, I, to me, it's very cliche in a way. You know, like, I, why is this February 14th the day that I have to be romantic? Like, I'd rather, like, I'm much more of a surprise me on any other day with any other day. Any other day. It's like, oh my yeah. God, it's so nice. Yeah, agree. Um, so, yeah, Valentine's, it's, I think it's very kind of cultural as well. But yeah, I don't have Valentine's. Any self aware man out there? Looking for a crazy Latina. <laughs> is that? <laughs> Isn't crazy implied in Latina? Uh, maybe. I think it's sometimes just... we like put it on ourselves, but we're not that crazy. Well, kind of. There's some really crazy women. Everyone, everyone's crazy. Everyone's crazy. It's just like pick. Well, pick, I'll talk about pick like crazy talking, that you're okay with. Why? When it talks about relationships that I've, my experience in where I'm from, where I grew up, mm. is. This is what the story goes. And then I kind of dipped in there and I was like, yeah, it kind of is true. Um, men cheat and women are crazy. And then what I realized when I kind of saw the big picture, I was like, yeah. in gen- generally generalizing, yes, men cheat and women are crazy. But then you don't know what's a chicken or the egg. Like there's like these <laughs> many things of like ridiculously jealous women, a possessive of like, show me the picture where you are. Like these kind of things. And like, it's normal in a relationship. And then obviously that just makes the other person kind of go, it's really messy. So, um, yeah, let's say where I'm from. It's not where I've found the relationships that I wanted. Mm. <laughs> but you are not that. You've no, done the no, work. No, no, no. You are not. No. Jealousy no. has never been my thing. Oh, because it's I totally think, been my thing. <laughs> yeah? oh, it's never been my thing um, until like these past mo- like years that obviously it became a thing. And it wasn't even jealousy. To me, it was... Um, I was right. I had the right to feel that way. Mm. And then being mm-hmm. feel that was crazy. And then I was like, actually, I was right. Like, all you had to do was, say, you know what I mean? Like, it was that distrust, um, feel, like losing trust in myself and my gut instinct. Yeah. But the relationship, like, I remember with my boyfriend who were living here, we would make bets. Like, I bet you I can get that guy to give me his cap. And he'd let me, like, go flirt. And then it'd be like, yeah, because in the end, I knew I was going to go home with my boyfriend. Like, it was absolutely mm. not a chance in his world or in mine you know, like I'm a very faithful person when I'm with one person, mm-hmm. I'm with that person and that's it. And it's, it kind of sucks because I, I do it even when I'm dating. Like to me, it's really hard to date different people at the same time. It's just like, I yeah. can't like I'll like someone and that's it. I just want to be with, that's, that's it. Like, I'm not interested. It's like, why am I going to spend more energy in that when I can just spend energy in the one that I already liked? Mm. Um, which in our modern world, it's not how it works. Like even people just date and they go into different people. And to me, it's just not, the thing um but my second boyfriend one of those red flags i mean he was very insecure and he was very jealous 
And yeah. that really bothered me because to me, it's like, you're not trusting me. You know, like if you're with someone, yeah, it's all trust. And like, if I'm with you, I'm with you. And that's, that's it. That's our agreement kind of thing. But to be fair, because I've been that person, mm-hmm. I think it's, it, it's not about you. Like the lack of trust isn't about you. It's not, he's not, I mean, and that may have been the case, but at least from, in my experience, it wasn't like, I don't trust you because you're you. It's actually that I don't trust anyone because of what I grew up with, mm-hmm. you know, because my dad was unfaithful several times. And the message for me, I remember in my first relationship was like, well, I'm going to get cheated on. Like all these things that I saw mm-hmm. played out in my parents' yeah. relationship, I was like, this happen for me. It's just, it's not even a matter of if, it's a matter of when. when. Um, so I expected that to happen. And obviously over the years have had to do a lot of work to understand that, to realize these things that come up for me when they do. And having the that like level of unconditional love mm-hmm. and safety and security in my past relationship, I think healed a lot of that. Um, but so interesting like I was telling you what last week or a week and a half ago like different things that have come up for me now um even after you know 10 years of therapy even after all of the work and growth and self you know self-awareness like being being aware of that and going oh um yeah, sometimes this stuff still shows up in my body and being able to talk to my partner about it and go, but I know that this isn't you. Like, I'm not asking you to change anything. I don't want you to to change who you are, to change your actions. I want you to keep doing your thing because it's not on you. I'm not projecting this on you. I'm just telling you like how it is for me. Like, I think that's the difference, right? Where you've got relationships where, you know, in this case with your ex, he was projecting it onto you. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, as insecurities, we all have our own things to deal with. And rather than figuring that out within himself, he was like putting it on you and making exactly. it your responsibility to fix. And I guess like that's where when you can be aware of your stuff, you can communicate it, but go, but this is for me to deal with. And I, and a great supporting partner is someone who can hear that without taking it personally, without trying to fix anything. And he's like, yeah, I get that this is your thing and I'm here to support you, exactly. which is what he's done amazing obviously so um yeah but it's crazy obviously how these things come up but I mean yeah that's that's definitely one of the things that we are different because I know you've I've told you like my batshit crazy days and how (laughs) jealous I was the stuff that I used to get up to which I don't anymore that's good yeah it's good yeah text me if you ever think about it you know that I'm not gonna no 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 and it's very it is it is very different as well I think um with trust it's just something that I have to also like allow time for and like people to some degree I think we give people an amount of trust and then there's also an amount to be earned as well that like continues to build upon itself that just something happens over time and that's okay and I think for someone like me, I just need a bit more time with that. Yeah. I think my problem was I gave trust too easily to some people and then mm. lost the trust in myself. That was, that's like the hard one, right? For me. Yeah. Um, 
But even like thinking about my this ex-boyfriend I'm telling you about, like his thing, eventually I understood why he was so jealous. And it was because he had a coworker before who had a long, we had a long distance relationship. He lived in the US and mm-hmm. lived in Panama. We visited each other. Like we didn't spend more than like three weeks apart, maybe. Like I'd go for a weekend or he'd come, whatever. Um, and I found out that he, his work partner had a long distance relationship and he had an affair with her. Like he was the cheat. He was the guy that she was oh, cheating on. Right. right. Yeah. I was like, in my head, I was like, those are your dirty dishes, not mine. Like the fact that you mm. were someone else's guy doesn't mean I have a guy, you know what I mean? Like and it was yeah, like, yeah. in the end, that's kind of what messed it all up because it was like ridiculous amount of, you know, like insecurity and, and, and eventually I knew I could see that what was going to happen was me starting to cut off connections with people to not bother him. Me starting 100%. to like not tell my parents about our fights just to not bother him. And it was these things where I was like, no, 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 no. These are all red flags down the line. Totally. It's going to be very, very bad. And I know he doesn't do it consciously wanting to hurt me, but I can't take it, you know? Yeah. And I really hope that he's been able to like realize and work through those things. And cause he's a mm. great guy as well, but it was just something that I was not willing to be a part of in a way. Um, yeah. But yeah. Trust. Big one. So the final question I have for you, I'm not even sure if I've asked questions. So I'm just going to call it the final question. question. Yeah. 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 yeah, Right. I'm like final question of two questions. Um, how do you best love yourself? Um, I exercise. I think that's one that I've, Mm. that I really need. And, um, and I'm missing it a lot right now, like just because of like health stuff I've had. Um, I think that's a big one. And I mean, I'm figuring it out. I, I try to be like, don't get involved, you know, don't get too excited too fast. And then I'm in my head. I'm like, why am I still thinking about this person? I don't want to get Um, So I think, and then I think one, a big one is when I catch myself telling myself, why are you doing this? Wait, you're so stupid. Just being like, take it easy. It's okay it's getting better. You're not having crazy anxiety. Like you used to have five years ago, you know, like trying to like catch myself being mean to myself and then being like, exactly. Yeah. It's like this double conscious of like catching yourself doing one thing. And then again, like that other thing being caught, like don't do it. Um, that I, and, and one thing that I've learned in the past, I think year, um, has been for me, the importance of space, like having my own space is so important. And it's, mm. it's something I currently, like in the past five months, I've been struggling with. But it was something that I knew that was coming because of the whole thing with my surgery and being back home and yeah. just being longer than that. So I think, yeah, talking nice to myself, um, endorphins, so exercising or just connecting with my body is a big one. And um, having my own space. And in my space, I mean, like being able to do my routine, you know, all that. I think those are things that, you know, Tell, tell myself that I love myself by doing love it yes and I'm gonna add one to your list that's also on my list food giving yourself say good that. food yeah, yeah ofs obvi for both yeah. of us but it's funny because uh, usually you think of like oh, I'm gonna treat myself right so I'm gonna have this big piece of cake and actually right now it's like give myself good food right now means yeah I'm such a 30 something year old it's like having a big bowl of like kale and broccoli and like you know what I mean? like i want green food right now like my body's like i'm done with bread i just want good stuff 
for now. I mean, I just when you said that, I just thought about um, that meme that you sent me the other day. That was like, what, what was it? You know, there's, that was thousand. Yeah, I know every day. No, but the one that's like when you're in your thirties and it's like no dairy. Oh, whatever. I like in your twenties, you say something like, "I'm just going to cut out beer," um, and then whatever you lose weight or something yeah. and in your 30s it's like I'm not consuming dairy no gluten no this like only veggies <laughs> yep no I I think good nutrition that makes your body feel good mm-hmm. you know sustainably yeah. good not just high off sugar for five minutes like that yeah yeah we we both appreciate like good good food homemade good food though yeah you're still on that's definitely you. a way I do. I do. I'm sorry. I will make it next time we're together. Um, But that's, I know when I'm not prioritizing myself, I don't eat well. Then I just start eating like fast, not necessarily fast food. Like here in Japan, we don't have fast food restaurants, but it's just like, I'm not consciously thinking about all the different vegetables and stuff. I'm just like eating whatever's quick to make like packet noodles or like rice and tempura and then that's it and it's not good and those moments I'm like all right you're gonna love yourself yeah. better girl yeah, yeah. And that's one of the things that like when I was going through my depression and stuff with my therapist that I was like I was I lost my appetite a lot like I lost so much weight and I just didn't want to eat and then mm. I think I told you I mean I was like I felt so guilty because I ordered these like healthy meals that come to your house and they're already made but they're like yeah organic and healthy but they came in like yeah. a plastic kind of packaging. And I was like, but they're plastic and I don't want them. And then it was kind of like, yeah, but you need to like focus on yourself and getting good. Mm-hmm. You're going to eat, make sure it's good food. And I, I would, that like kind of helped that and exercise. It's just really one of the main kind of focuses on myself to get myself out, um, eating good food, even though it was little and I didn't want to. And, um, like nutritious food and, um, exercising, forcing myself to do exercise was a big yeah. one, I think get out love that well on that note I mean (laughs) parental love pet love (laughs) relationship love self-love every kind of yeah is sleep habits and I'm like that's a hundred percent hundred percent dude I've been going to bed at 10 30 every night the last like 10 50 right now it's oh I'm I'm sorry (laughs) This is what happens when we're on like Japan and and Colombia time. Always crazy, but no. The thing is, I'm sharing a room with my dad because um, mm. he came to be my nurse, and and snoring is a real thing for me. <laughs> I cannot, um, and I feel so bad because he's so like aware of it. But it also makes me think, like relationship wise, I'm like, man, am I ready to share a bed with someone that like just makes we've spoken noise about this? It's so hard. Yeah. I love my bed. I love my space. Yeah, I think being able to have a house with like two spaces, like if you want to sleep I know, somewhere that's else in your house, like it doesn't have to be every night, but it just have the option of like, it yeah. doesn't mean that I'm mad if I sleep in a different bed. It's just, I want to yeah. sleep in my room today and that's okay. I, I that be, love, um, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for him to get here. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just going to be clinging on to you all night. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. Well, it's different. I remember that. that when you're when you're in a long distance relationship and you you are together, it's like you. Oh my you gosh. Definitely don't. It's like, like no, no. I'm gonna like not have my own space except for toilet time for the next yeah. you know whatever days we're together. Exactly. <laughs> I get two weeks. 
All right. Well, Mariantho, I love you lots. Thank you so much for joining me. I reckon I need to get you back on. We have such great chats. At least I've enjoyed it. You enjoy it. We all have a good time talking. Hopefully, people hear the Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You Um, stayed. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And what else do I need to say? Well, this year you're going to be competing, freediving, Panama. Hopefully, yeah. Um, How can people connect year. with you they want to follow you and all the fun that you're follow up to? Follow me on Instagram, Mariando mm-hmm. underscore UV, B, my last name, um, <laughs> or at panamafreedive.com, but I'm not so active on that one. But yeah, um, I think we didn't talk about it. Like, we both know freediving is like a self-love moment, 100%. Totally. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be doing lots of that this year. So and I will hopefully I see you. Still. Yeah, in Bali. And I will hopefully see. Well, you know, I'm going to be in Australia. I know, but, but it's close. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of us, we're going to, I know we're going to yes. see each other. Of course. Yes, of course. Awesome. I will link your details in the show notes. And if anyone wants to follow this podcast at self double underscore podcast or at Amanda Latran, L E T R A N, um, I release episodes every Thursday. I'll see you next week. Thanks, Marianto. Bye-bye. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.